You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Alright, welcome everybody back to another edition of Chairgating. I'm your host, Rattlesnake, coming at you live from the overcrowded capital of Texas, Austin. And this is your NASCAR podcast for Belly Up Sports. We have a really good episode for you this week. I got to interview the ARCA points leader, Michael Self, in probably the best interview I've ever done. I think you're going to really enjoy this interview. He was a lot of fun to talk to. We talked about racing for a little bit, and then we talk about everything else after that. And this interview went from, I expected, you know, 15 minutes to, I, don't, I, I haven't even looked, uh, 30 to 45 minutes. I mean, it was incredible. Awesome, dude. So... I know y'all are going to enjoy that interview here to come, but as always, I like to talk about something random before my interviews or before talking NASCAR, and this week also, uh, I I was a guest on a podcast, so if you want to hear me talk like everything NASCAR related, or at least from the week prior, uh, I talk about all the races uh, on this podcast that I was a guest on, it's uh, World Racing Media. So it's at WR Media Group is their Twitter page. It, it was a lot of fun. I had a really good time. The YouTube account is I, th- I think just World Racing Media. But I had a good time. We talked <clears throat> every type of racing. They're really into like all racing. So when we talked. Formula One and Indy and stuff like that. I, I was a little out of the loop there, but anything stock car, I, I'm pretty solid at. You know, Arca, K and N, 
stuff like that. And uh, in the interview with Michael, we talk the K&N race at Sonoma, which was a lot of fun, clearly, and not just fun, but very controversial. We talk ARCA. We talk NASCAR Cup Series. We talk, we talk truck. So, uh, like I said, you're definitely going to enjoy that interview coming up. But today on Twitter, I asked my followers, my all of 600 followers, so go follow me on Twitter if you haven't already, what I should talk about, the non-racing topic that I should discuss today. And the winner was Best Regional Fast Food. So... If you want to uh, be part of the podcast and help me decide what I should talk about, then go follow me at Chairgating on Twitter, and you can help me each week decide what I should be talking about. And as I mentioned this week, we're going to be talking about best regional fast food change. And thankfully, I have already written an article about this. If there's anything that you think might be interesting to talk about, trust me, I've written an article on it. So with this one, I, I wrote an article back in yeah, August 2018, so almost a year ago now, it was five best southern fast food chains. So on Twitter, I know it said uh, just best regional fast food, but to be fair, my experience is predominantly in the south. So you know, when you get out to the west coast or the northeast or the northwest, I'm not going to have much knowledge. The midwest, I'm pretty good at. So, you know, We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll go from there. But, yeah, I guess to start things out, I want to talk about over overhyped, overrated uh, regional fast food joints. So I want to start this episode out by immediately losing any kind of fans that uh, might enjoy these things that I'm going to rag on. Number one is In-N-Out. Uh, for most overhyped, it is so overhyped. Their burgers are fairly good. I'm not. I'm not saying that it tastes bad. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's a disgusting place or anything like that. But when it comes to being overhyped, they are the definition of overhyped. The burgers are decent, no problem there. But their fries taste like cardboard. They're not good. So the. I mean, the whole thing is just overhyped. People are obsessed. Within an out burger, just because they like got to visit their uncle in California once, and they go like, "Oh yeah, I love In and Out. I I went to California one time in the seventh grade to visit my uncle. Uh, so now I bought this T-shirt that says In and Out Burger. It's not that good. We have them all over Texas. They're way overhyped. Number two for most overhyped, um, and this one straight up isn't good. Is Skyline Chili in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I think it's like in multiple, you know, it's not just Cincinnati, but, uh, you know, clearly that's where uh, Skyline Chili is from, and it's just not good. I don't I don't understand. Maybe Ohio just doesn't understand what good food is. I think that there's a, there's a good chance that that's the case, that people in Ohio have just, like, honestly never eaten good food. They've never digested food that actually uh, tastes good. So they have no actual knowledge of what good food might actually taste like. And I'm saying all this because I have a, uh, a lot of the people that I work with at Belly Up Sports are actually from Ohio. So I know they'll appreciate this this hot take. But, I mean, it is not good. Uh, they have average hot dogs with chili on it, um, which is fine. But then they do, like, spaghetti with chili. And then a mound of just, like, cheese that you buy at Walmart. And that's Skyline Chili. And they say that it's supposed to be good. 
And then they'll eat like the little cracker things that you put on like salads or you put in soups. And that's supposed to be some kind of appetizer. You put hot sauce in it. I'm just, it's the dumbest thing ever. There's nothing good about Skyline Chili. Nothing good at all. It's like one of those old traditions where you just go there and they'll just brag about it because they're supposed to. But I don't think anybody actually finds it appealing or appetizing at all. So yeah, that's Skyline Chili. Not good. And then uh, last but not least is Sheets. (laughs) For whatever reason, people are obsessed with Sheets. But it's just a gas station that serves food. Like, should I brag about 7-Eleven? I'm confused. I don't understand. If you've ever been to a Bucky's here in Texas, if you're a Texan, you understand. If you've been to a Bucky's, it makes sheets like okay. There's Walmart, and then there's Walgreens, and then there's like CVS, right? And then there's the drugstore that's at the corner of the intersection of you know MLK and some other ghetto ass place where they're selling drugs outside. That's like Bucky's compared to Sheets. Not even comparable. It's a fine enough gas station. No doubt. Their food's fine. I'm not saying it's disgusting, but like, it's just, it's a gas station that serves food. So, those off the top of my head are the three most overhyped regional fast food joints. Um, Yeah, they're just, they're not that good. Way too much hype. And, you know, for instance, um, even here in Austin, I did a nice comparison uh, P. Terry's is a local Austin burger joint, and it's similar to In-N-Out. Very limited, small menu. Uh, you only get burgers and fries and, like, milkshakes. So P. Terry's is similar to In-N-Out in that sense, but P. Terry's is ten times better than In-N-Out. It's not even comparable. I mean, P. Terry's actually tastes good. Everything at P. Terry's tastes good. In-N-Out is not very good. Also, uh, Shake Shack, which, you know, I'm not saying it's necessarily... It might be a little overhyped. I mean, it's definitely not worth lines to wait in. But, uh, you know, it, they, they definitely have good burgers. I'm not um, doubting that. But here in Austin, we have Hop Dotty, which is better than Shake Shack. And uh, just because, I don't know, the both burgers are very good. It's just Hop Dotty, you're not going to wait in the line like you will at Shake Shack. And we have Shake Shack and In-N-Out here in Austin. So people from the East Coast are like, no, Shake Shack is legit. Or Five Guys is amazing. Or, you know, people from the West Coast, or Carl's Jr., or In-N-Out. We have all of those. I live in Texas. Like, you think we don't get all this fast food? Trust me. I've had all of it. A lot. So I got a pretty good idea of how these places taste. So, on to the main topic, though. The best regional. Like I said, I apologize. Oh, I should probably turn the volume off there. Like I said, <clears throat> originally I apologize in advance. I, I don't really have anything outside the South for regional fast food joints. So uh, what I'd like is if you're from an area that I haven't got to visit too much, um, you know, DM me or you don't even have to DM me, just tweet me normally and just be like, hey, you forgot to mention this place and it's really good. And in the next episode, if I look it up and it looks legit, I'll give them a shout out also and be like, you know what, I messed up here. Uh, Probably should have talked about this one also. Uh, Number one, uh, I, I gotta go with Bojangles, and it is a southeast thing, and it's chicken and biscuits and sweet tea, and it's just so damn good. Like, you get like the country ham biscuit there in the mornings, or the Cajun filet biscuit for lunch, 
it's so good. It's all so good. You're never going to have anything bad there. Um, I like to get the Cajun Filet Biscuit with coleslaw. And they have the Texas Pete like hot sauce things there. Um, and you put that on there. And then the pro tip is what you should do is just order a side of slaw for like the extra however much it costs. And then just put a scoop of that slaw on the sandwich, on the biscuit. And then you'll end up with a lot of extra slaw rather than just asking them to put the slaw on there because they're going to charge you regardless because it doesn't come with it. Uh, and then obviously their french fries that are seasoned like with their Cajun seasoning and a sweet tea. Oh my god, it's so good. Number two, also from the same region, is Cookout. And Cookout, you can get anything at. Uh, people that aren't <clears throat> from the southeast probably don't understand Cookout because they'll have barbecue sandwiches. And then they'll have quesadillas. And they have more milkshakes than you can possibly imagine. It's just so good. I like to get the barbecue sandwich there. Uh, just because I don't, you know, being in Texas, I don't get chopped pork and vinegar sauce a lot. So it's definitely a good spot to get that and drive through. And then a side of Hush Puppies and a cheer wine. Because any in and out you go to, at least anyone I've been to, they have cheer wine in the fountain, which is a huge win when you can find that. Number three, Biscuitville, another thing. It's, you know, it's in North Carolina and Virginia. I don't know if it's anywhere else. Maybe it's just North Carolina and Virginia. I'm not sure. But another really good spot. It's a little bit nicer. Uh, their spicy chicken and honey biscuits are really good. Uh, and their grits, their cheesy grits or grits with cheese, also really good. Um, yeah. I know I've been naming everything from North Carolina, and like I said, I'm probably a little biased, but oh well. Number four is Crystal. Uh, Crystal's got a really weird story, so if you know anything about White Castle, which I'm sure most of you do, because you've seen the movie Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, stuff like that, uh, they, they, they do sliders, right, and White Castle's really famous. Well, um, Crystal, which originally started in Chattanooga. Hey, if you've had a bladder leak today, listen up. I get it. I tried pills and pads for years but couldn't find relief until I found Axonics Therapy. It's a tiny device that put me back in control of my bladder. Why not see if it could work for you? Visit findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. You good, Tennessee? During the Great Depression, um, the 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 person that started it like went up to I believe Ohio if I have the story correct, and went to an In and Out, or not an In and Out, a uh, uh, White Castle. I believe this is the story, and just like essentially ripped it, ripped it off. Um, and the idea, the reason that it's called Crystal, is that 
the uh, the the restaurants were supposed to be like crystal clean or whatever because it was the Great Depression and everything was dirty. But it is the oldest burger chain in all of the South, so kind of cool, you know. It's not like anything mind blowing, but it's just a cool thing. It's historic. Uh, also, Jack's. Uh, it's from Alabama. It's a burger place. It's pretty good. It's just a nice burger. And you can find it in Alabama. It's a good go-to. Double cheeseburger with fries is always good there. And then <clears throat> some honorable mentions is Zaxby's, which if you, you know, probably most of you have had. The only reason I say these are honorable mentions is because it's hard to consider them regional when they're in so many areas now. So, you know, I don't really consider them as regional anymore. But Zaxby's, fried chicken, uh, and then also, like, Cane's, very similar. Well, not even similar. They're, like, the exact same thing. I personally, uh, I prefer Zaxby's over Cane's just because their uh, kicking chicken sandwich is amazing. Their buffalo sandwich at Zaxby's is incredible, but very similar. Also, <clears throat> this one cuts deep to my heart. Whataburger used to be my favorite. Uh, if you, you know, it, I think Whataburger, just off the top of my head, it's from Texas, obviously. It's a Texas state treasure voted by our government. Um, it's a big deal here, and their burger sizes are, are very large. They do specialty burgers that are amazing. And I think they have them in New Mexico, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, florida maybe georgia and then obviously texas so like the sun belt region along the gulf coast really uh but just recently they were purchased by a company uh in chicago so it's no longer family owned and it's no longer texan so i i really can't can even put them in my honorable mentions anymore it's really hard to say uh, as a texan i was always proud of whataburger and they lost my business. I'm just going to go to like Sonic now instead. Um, I'm trying to think of some Midwest places that are good. Culver's is incredible. But we have Culver's here in Austin now. It's not just a Midwest thing anymore. So I can get, you know, my cheese curds down here. So it's a little bit different. But yeah, I think those are just the ones that I can think of off the top of my head. Once again, thanks everybody for going on Twitter and voting on what I should discuss before this amazing interview with Michael Self which I am going to get to in just one second. Last thing that I want to mention is, um, well, two things. Everybody go to uh, bellyofsports.com because we have put out a lot of new merchandise, a lot of new t-shirt designs that I've come up with that are uh, incredible. I don't want to sound too biased because I designed them, but they're incredible. They're the coolest designs ever. And also, I redesigned our our mobile site, so it's a lot more functional and user-friendly. So I think everybody will enjoy that. And then, last but not least, go over to TixBlitz.com. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z, TixBlitz.com. You can get tickets to anything, but in particular, NASCAR races. And the price you see is the price you pay. There's no service fees. So that's always a big win. But on top of that, if you type in the promo code BELLYUP, that's B-E-L-L-Y-U-P, no spaces, all caps, you'll get an additional 10% off. So enjoy that. And yeah, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this first part. 
because I know you're gonna enjoy this interview. Let's get right into it. All right, very excited to welcome my next guest, Michael Self. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's good to be here tonight. Yeah, really excited to have you on. I know um, I just watched you recently at Gateway, and I know that probably you know wasn't the expected finish you were hoping for, but it's always fun to watch you race. Um, I guess just to get going, um, that was a broken axle, correct? Yeah, so uh, it's actually technically a, a broken drive plate, and okay. unfortunately that was my second one of the year. Right. Um, I had another one that was an identical problem at Pocono, which caused us um, to have a day outside the top 10 there, and actually we had um, the same problem on the 15 car twice this year, so that's definitely been frustrating for us uh, as a team. We think we've got it figured out. Um, we found something that makes sense and shows evidence as to why it's been happening. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely a bummer there. The other night we, after, after qualifying on pole and leading the most laps early on, you know, we knew we needed an adjustment. We kind of expected that with the limited amount of practice time we got. And we're frankly happy that we were able to lead as much as we were and felt like we made a really good adjustment on our stop. And then, um, Never really got a chance to try it out, so it felt like you know we kind of got stripped of a easy top three finish there and maybe another win. So definitely disappointing, but nothing we can do about it now, and you move on. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, I'm not a race car driver, so I was always kind of curious of how this works, right? Because you're obviously very disappointed after a situation like that that's kind of out of your hands. Um, but it was cool for fans to see, you know, a guy like Ty Gibbs get his first win. So is it like a bittersweet thing where you're like, it's kind of cool to see this driver uh, get a win, but or are you more like kind of just upset that you were taken out of the race, uh, unfortunately? No, I, I'm probably more upset that I'm taken out of the race. I mean, Ty's <laughs> a great kid. I, I like Ty and, you know, that whole group over there, um, you know, are guys that I've known for a long time and know how hard they've been working on it. And and that's cool. I mean, it's, you know, Billy would, Billy Adventuring would hate me to hear this, but it's cool to see <laughs> another team win and to have uh, a team like Gibbs that we're competing against. You know, when you think of big names in the sport, you think of Joe Gibbs racing and to have them racing against us at the ARCA level um is pretty cool and to be able to say that we have have beat them pretty consistently this year is is pretty cool um so while obviously we want to keep beating them you know for them to beat us this one time you know they're it shows they're a legitimate team they're a legitimate threat and someone that we have to stay on our toes with because they're there every single weekend yeah and as i'm not sure i'm pretty sure most of my listeners uh watch arca uh, at least as much as I do, uh, you are still the points leader, and you have three wins, correct? I'm up to correct. date. Mm-hmm. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Yeah, so you got three wins. You're the points leader still, so very congratulations there. That's awesome. Yeah, thank um, you. yeah is is that the most wins right now? You've had you've had more than anybody else, correct? It is. Yeah, there's a, a couple guys. Um, I think with two wins let's yeah, I see think chandler Smith yeah ty, has two. ty and chandler both yep. have two okay. both part-time guys okay awesome yeah so you're having a great year so definitely congratulations and you're the six-time arca winner in 30 career season starts correct uh yes i believe so or i'm just pulling up your stats you probably don't have these memorized right <laughs> no I yeah don't, but that sounds that sounds like i've read that before <laughs> uh what's your most memorable win that one's gonna be daytona i think yeah. um 
just because of the caliber of that win. And we can look back at Daytona and say, look, uh, you know, however you look at it, I, I was in the right place at the right time that night and was able to manage and get through a couple big wrecks. And a lot of people are going to say, oh, you know, he just got kind of lucky and lucked into a win there at Daytona. You know, they had a green and white um, restart at the end to bring to the checkered. All he had to do was hang on for one lap. And look, that's all true. I mean, that's all that's all factual. But how many races at Daytona have been won like that in the past? Yeah. Um, it, well, it's definitely one I'll take and one I'll cherish forever because I was actually thinking earlier today it's so hard to win there because unlike any other track we go to other than Talladega super speedway racing, there's just so much that's out of your hands as a driver. You're, you're at the mercy of everything around you. And so where you go to these short tracks, these intermediate tracks, you have a great car and pair that with a great driver, you know, that is going to be 90% of the battle. And then maybe you have fuel mileage or pit strategy or something come in for the other part of it. But at super speedway racing, I mean, a great car and a great driver, that's a very small part of the equation. I mean, you may have a car that is a second faster than everyone in single car runs, but it doesn't really matter because as soon as you get in the pack, everyone's going to go the same speed. So as a driver, you got to know how to navigate those places, navigate traffic, and then be sure to get yourself around people that race smart and clean. And that's what happened to me this year is we, we weren't in that position and got wrecked early on. And it just makes you realize, you know, how much mental focus is required at those races and how much you have to be thinking about every little thing um to actually to come out of there with a with a clean finish in the first place yeah it's kind of funny it seems like no matter what level you're racing at daytona is a track that anybody can win which is uh, always exciting to watch for the fans i'm sure as a driver it's a little bit different <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah not not a lot of fun <laughs> right but a lot of fun when you win right that's for sure yep yeah well uh so you grew up in Salt Lake City, correct? I did. Yeah, uh, technically I grew up in Park City. Okay. Hey, I've been to Park City. Uh, I went snowboarding there. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, very cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So what was your background into racing? Like what got you involved into motorsports, I guess, to begin with? Uh, it's pretty much all my dad. So growing up, my dad was a huge NASCAR fan. He never really raced himself, but um, he actually had a little bit of a relationship with Bobby Allison and, and knew Donnie and Davey and the family. Um, and that kind of kept his interest in it peaked. And, and so when I was born, he had me watching races all the time. You know, I, I grew up watching races every Sunday and then we got into, um, motorsports. So dirt bikes and ATVs at a pretty young age. Uh, I think I got onto a dirt bike the first time I was probably, you know, nine, nine ish, maybe, maybe eight or nine, um, and really enjoyed that, really going to the track and racing dirt bikes and was kind of ventured towards towards going dirt bike racing. You know, I enjoyed that, but also didn't enjoy the repercussions that came with it of falling and it really, really hurting. And, <laughs> right. Um, I think my dad wasn't a huge fan of that either, but we, we loved racing and loved anything motorsports related. And um, basically, he, he met some people that had some go-karts one day and found out that there was a track locally there in Salt Lake City, um, found out where the local go-kart shop was and got us involved in, in that and got me racing in that there. I think I was 10 years old at the time. Um, and we kind of just made the transition off the dirt bikes and off the four wheelers over to the go-karts and it just took off from there. And that was all asphalt road racing go-karts. So moved up, you know, from little 
um, kid four cycle stuff to shifter carts and direct drive or touch and go um, single speed stuff. And from that point on, just just kind of escalated. We raced a lot there locally in Utah, and that kind of translated to racing regionally out west. And then that turned into racing nationally, and then we got to go overseas a little bit um, and kept climbing the ranks of karting and into road racing a little bit. Um, got into formula car racing there, I guess, when I was about 16 and did a little bit of skip barber and some open wheel stuff and um, started to kind of explore the the road racing avenue. Um, and then when I was eight, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 18 that was my first time ever in a stock car on an oval wow. so i did a i did a test um in a focus midget out in roseville uh california and that was my first time ever on an, on an oval track and i actually really really enjoyed it i had a lot of fun with it and thought it was kind of cool and thought that might be something I, i'd be interested in doing so we jumped straight into a late model from there um got hooked up with a team out there and Started running late model races, and um, you know, it took me a little while to pick that up. But once I did, we jumped into the K and N car there, ran that for a couple of years, and have, have kind of you know progressed through through that way. I guess that's kind of the short summary of it all. So yeah, it sounds like you actually, I guess, although your dad grew up, grew raised you as a NASCAR fan, it sounds like you were more interested in road courses, right, and open wheels. Yeah, absolutely. I was definitely to begin with, um, but I also never had the opportunity. I mean, I didn't know when I was racing go karts. I didn't even know dirt oval stuff existed. Oh, you know, wow. I, I, we didn't have anything like that out there. Um, we had Rocky Mountain Raceways. I guess was the only oval track out there in at least in our area of Utah, and it just wasn't even something that was really, really even on my mind um, as I was racing go karts and and nothing that I really thought about, and so. I, I loved road racing. I got involved um, teaching for the Ford Performance Racing School out there in Utah for uh, a long time in my later teen years and um, still remain very passionate about road racing. I mean, that's my number one gripe about the ARCA Menard series right now is that we don't have a road course on the schedule anymore. Um, but I stay really active in it, so I do a lot of coaching over in the SCCA Trans Am series. Um, I've got about four full-time clients that race over there, and so I still make it to about 13 road course races a year through that stuff. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, and so I'm sure you watched uh, Sonoma then? Yeah, on, on and off, actually. Okay. Yeah, it was a little bit tied up over the weekend, but definitely kept up on the highlights of the, the K&N race as well as the cup race. Yeah, the K&N race was fun, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, that That's always a cool race to see where – you got the K&N guys that mix with the, the cup guys and the yeah. guys that come out for a one-time show. You know, it's good to see a big field of 30 cars. Um, and that's such a fun race to compete in, you know, having done it, I don't know, four or five times now. That's a, that's a really cool race. Did you ever, and I don't want to get too much into K&N, but have you ever seen a finish like that before? Because I don't think I've ever seen the yellow checkered black. Like, I don't think I've ever seen that. No. I So I, I actually read an interesting note from Derek Thorne who said that NASCAR has really gotten on the the finishes there in that series the last year and a half. 
um, that they've been really watching it closely and kind of scrutinizing it. So, um, no, in, my, in all my time came in <laughs> racing, you know, I, I actually reaped the benefits of it, I guess, in 2017 when I won Meridian. You know, I technically finished second that race, but we had a green-white checkered restart, and Chris Eggleston restarted second. Um, Derek Krause, I think, restarted first, and... Eggleston jumped the restart pretty bad. I was able to get around Krause and finish second, and then they actually ended up docking Eggleston for jumping the start, and so it played into advantage for me that night. But that was a legit uh, jump of the restart then, right? Yeah, and so that was, yeah. I mean, he was way, way early. You know, you go back and watch the video, and even Chris was like, oh, yeah, that was was bad. So the bit that I've watched, you know, Priest's deal the other day, I'm like, Even Daniel Hemrick tweeted and was like, yeah, Yeah. I don't think he jumped (laughs) I was like, I've raced Sonoma a ton, man. Yeah. That's a restart zone. I don't know what else you guys <laughs> want to see. So, okay. And that's, yeah. You know, you hate to sit here and say something bad about NASCAR, right. but it's also no, like, yeah, ah, yeah. It's, that's a missed call. Yeah. Yeah. And it happens. You know, you can't be upset about it. You just got to move on, I guess, right? At least they're not yeah, racing for points. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not points, I guess, for them. So at least there's that. But I'm sure it hurts. Yeah, it's definitely, it's a big deal for Priest. I mean, Priest is a guy that has worked hard you know he's right. worked hard to get a ride racing um, at a top level at all he's a great driver so anything that he can win obviously he wants to win you know, right. he doesn't want to get stripped of a win because of something that probably should have been allowed you know that's kind of crap but well like you said here's what it is yeah regardless of the finish anybody watching that race we all know uh, his quality so that's good uh definitely yeah getting off racing a little bit here because i like to mix things up a little bit okay so i think we're uh about the same age 28 Yep. Um, yeah, so you've been married for two years, correct? Just coming up on two, yep. Okay, so I just got married in, in uh, November. So Nice, oh, congratulations. Thank you, yeah, so I don't know, what am I, like half a year coming up on a year? I, um, any tips for me as a, a also a 28-year-old recently married? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I, um, <laughs> so I'm trying to learn tips from, from anyone else. <laughs> I, I think the biggest thing I found is, you know, it's not for me at least, you know, I'm the kind of person that likes to avoid confrontation. So sometimes it's just easier to say, okay, and go along with whatever my wife, Dana wants, you know, even whether I want it or not, or I think one way or differently or not, sometimes it's just easiest to avoid confrontation and just, just go along with it. Cause for the most part, what she wants isn't going to be anything bad. It's not going to be anything right. wrong. Yeah. Um, and it makes life in the household in general, much easier and flowing when there's, no um no argument or no sides wanting one or the other so that and then i've always been told you know her her dad my father-in-law has a, a pretty good quote he says you know people think marriage is 50 50 it's not he says it's 100 100 both sides have to put in 100 percent effort um to make it work and be committed to doing that wow so i yeah i kind of stand by that and i think about that all the time and think you know it's something a little bit different than you usually hear so i don't know maybe that one maybe that one will help both that's a good one yeah i honestly wasn't expecting that good (laughs) of of a tip i mean granted it came from your father-in-law so i'll give him credit for that one good tip though definitely yeah yeah no i think that's a good point too just kind of on a lot of things let her do what she wants to do because it's probably going to be best for both of you uh, yep, I've noticed that generally. as well. And you own a home now, correct? We do. So, um, let's see. We I moved in with her technically before we got married. This is Dana's second house that we're in now. Is she is this um, in Charlotte also? Will you, the whole situation? 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. Both of our houses have been here in Charlotte. Okay. Um, and so, you know, the first house was, it was a great house for her, a great starter house. And then we kind of grew, outgrew that one a little bit, um, especially when we got married and it was time to step up something. So we found a house just over a year ago that's in a, a absolute fantastic neighborhood. I mean, we've got the best school districts in Charlotte right here close to us. Uh, we'll stay in those school districts when they rotate, which is awesome. You know, lots of super, super nice houses, very nice uh, neighborhood around us. But the house that we found was pretty rough. Um, definitely, it was not a foreclosure, but it may as well have been. Ooh, so yeah. we actually found a house that it, <laughs> the house before we bought it had been occupied for two years by renters. But before that, the house was basically vacant for almost 20 years. Um, because wow. it was owned by, I guess, a slumlord up in New York okay. who he would, he and his family would travel. They'd come down to Florida or to the Carolina beaches, you know, a couple times a summer, they'd stop at the house, you know, use a shower, wash clothes, spend the night, whatever it may be, and then carry on. But the problem with that is, you know, houses don't like to sit for 20 years unmaintained because houses require a lot of maintenance. And right. So just all sorts of problems. I mean, we came in and, and we got a good deal on the house, but everything that you can think of needed and still needs repair. I mean, we've had to replace every window, just a massive amount of drywall, um, water damage, just ceiling issues. Fortunately, there haven't been any foundation issues, but we've had landscaping issues, water drainage stuff. So this is kind of the ultimate project, um, which her parents, they've been involved in real estate for most of their lives now. Um, they've got a bunch of rental properties and they've been involved in flipping houses for a long time. And so they give us a lot of advice on stuff. And so it's not like we're jumping in to this without guidance. Um, and Dana technically flipped her last house, made pretty good profit off that. So we're kind of coming into this one with a little bit of knowledge. But this is like everything you can think of in a house that needs to be done or repaired is happening to this place. Um, so that takes up a tremendous amount of my time outside of racing. And so y'all are still working on it, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. We we actually just got a quote tonight about our master bathroom. One of our guest bathrooms needs to be totally remodeled. Oof. So it's definitely a work in progress. All right. Well, has anybody approached you to make a reality TV show about your life? Because – I want to be the first to uh, find a producer for you because this sounds amazing. No, no, I haven't had that. It's actually been uh, in high school. A buddy of mine, um, I guess, found out that I don't remember if it was like MTV or what it was at the time, but you could submit your idea for a reality TV show. And we thought about making one of our friend group and actually thought we had some pretty good uh, leverage behind it, but never ended up coming through. So nothing, not, nothing on the TV scale yet. I mean, you're a professional race car driver, and you and your wife, you know, fairly newly wed, bought a house that you're remodeling. I mean, come on, HGTV would eat this up. <laughs> we we watch a lot of HGTV. Exactly. We, uh, so you we know. laugh about it. All, yeah, we laugh about it all the time because we we took our honeymoon last year. You know, we took our. Um, kind of our honeymoon as an anniversary trip we went down to Hawaii and we watched so much HGTV while we were down there. I mean, we got so, I mean, I don't remember what all the shows were, but we got so into our house while we were on this trip and thinking about all the things that we needed to redo and how we were going to do it and how, you know, how could we get on one of these shows, um, where they, you know, where they fix it up and do all this and stuff. But, but uh, that, that fizzled out as soon as we got home. Well, have you ever seen the show fixer upper? <laughs> <laughs> 
I have. Okay. So, my wife, her best friend, works for them out in Waco. Okay. I'm telling you, I need to set this up somehow. It would be the perfect show. See if, yeah, see if you can get a travel with gonna, Charlotte. We are uh, Man, I'm going to reach out. I'm serious. I think this is, we're on to something here because this sounds that, perfect. Yeah, no, that sounds great. Okay, they if need you, to go out You to let me know. I'll be All indebted right. to you if, they, if you can get them out to Charlotte. <laughs> Well, I'm indebted to you for coming on the podcast, so it would be, yeah, it would be. Yeah, yeah, same, same scale, right? <laughs> uh, okay, moving on from that, uh, you're a big football fan, correct? I am, yeah. Actually, that's pretty much the only sport that I'm into other than racing, mm, okay. and I'd actually be lying if I if I said I didn't watch more football than I do racing, because, wow. you know, I, I love watching I love watching the truck races. Um, yeah, that's a perfect length of time for me. I know a lot of people in the truck series. Um, just find it super entertaining. You know, the cup races are a little bit long for me, frankly, and wow, you know, okay. take up a lot of my Sunday. And sometimes that's limited time I don't have. And you know, I, I just like I said, I, I know so many people in the truck series that it makes it fun for me to watch I'm gonna, those guys. You know, by I, the way, I don't know that many guys. In I'm going to have you back yeah. on the podcast when you're in the Cup Series, and I'm going to ask you the same question. <laughs> you're going to yeah. go, no, the Cup Series is the perfect amount of time. You yeah, should all no, watch. We'll see. We'll see. But, um, but yeah, I mean, when I – so uh, when football season rolls around, the – nascar playoffs and that kind of stuff get put completely wow, to the side okay for, for football games okay for are me. you uh, um, are you more college or nfl uh, i'm a lot of both but okay. primarily an nfl fan so um you know as far as as far as college football goes my dad went to alabama he went oh. to the university of alabama for medical what? school and so that's who i follow from a college standpoint um but that's kind of just through him, you know, I okay. do it kind of by his side right, and right, right. he enjoys it so much that it's got me into it. But I am a huge Carolina Panthers fan and um, avid supporter of the Panthers and a big fantasy football player, like to the point where I'm one of the people that has to be watching and flipping through as many games as I can right. on Sunday to keep to up, keep up with, with yeah. my fantasy team. Of course, to be watching. of course. Yeah. I mean, I need to get you on. <laughs> we have a fantasy football podcast. <laughs> I need to get nice. you set up with awesome. them. Honestly, I think you would love talking to those guys because that's all wow, they do. That would be a that'd be a blast, man. I actually listen to uh, I listen to the Fantasy Footballers podcast. I don't know. If okay, you, yeah, uh, yep. Are up with that one at all? But yes, I, I listen to every episode of that throughout the season. Those guys help me a ton. Um, I feel like I'm a pretty decent fantasy football player. I mean, every year I've played, I've made the playoffs. I've won a lot. So any oh, any nice. podcast that I can get on, man, that would be a, a great change. Oh yeah, me. I'll definitely hook you up with them because they would love to have you on. They have That'd guests cool. on all the time. Yeah, um, I'm more of a college football guy myself. Okay, but uh, I'm a Texans fan. Uh, gotcha. So you know, I don't enjoy much winning, at least not <laughs> post uh, regular season. <laughs> that's that's okay. I, I mean, have every color you know, JJ Watt jersey imaginable. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, did you become a Panthers fan, by the way, uh, at like when you moved to Charlotte? Because you're, you know, you're from Utah, so I wasn't sure. Yeah, there, were, there wasn't a lot for me. Like, I, I really didn't watch football that much until I moved out here um, and got into the Panthers. Um, back in Utah, I know where I was from. There wasn't a huge attraction to football. None of my friends really watched it. I mean, I hung out with a lot of people involved in racing, and, and they like watching f1 and imza and stuff like you know road racing stuff so football wasn't that big but when i moved here definitely um definitely started getting into it my wife got us tickets to the panthers games my first year out here uh, went to a couple of them and just kind of fell in love with it from there is she from north carolina 
She is, yeah. She's okay. um, not born here, but raised here okay. like most of her life. Yeah, same thing. Awesome. Yeah, I was a little surprised that you weren't a, a jazz fan. I figured every single person in Utah is obsessed with jazz. <laughs> yeah, no, I've just never, I mean, I've been to plenty of jazz games, and I've just never been big into the NBA. Like I said, I mean, hockey, baseball, basketball, I'm just not that into that stuff. I don't really know why. I mean, it's football. I mean, it's strictly football. Hey, man, I understand. I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I'm college sports and racing, and that's pretty much it. Um, gotcha. So you, I, I assume you did not go to college then because of your racing career? So I'm actually in college right now. Um, I currently go to the University of North Carolina, Greensboro. I do oh, all of my schooling. Mm-hmm. I do all of my schooling online. So nice. I actually just graduated from Central Piedmont Community College with my associates in December. Um, been in school since I guess summer of 2016, and nice. that was kind of kind of a decision I made. Um, you know, when I was when I graduated high school in 2009. I was going to be a race car driver, right? right. No one was going to tell me any different because I won a lot, and <laughs> I didn't realize, you know, how money-driven racing was at the time. My dad had been able to fund me up to that point. And yeah, didn't really think anything else of it. So I graduated high school and moved out to California to go work with the race team and be around them. Man, that's and so cool, though. That's everybody it, else's dream. So congrats. Yeah, <laughs> it was, you know, it was great at the time, but then. In 2013, that was my last season of Canaan racing, and you know right. I realized that that was going to be it. 2014 rolled around, and I didn't have anything going on. I wasn't racing anything. Um, I didn't have any kind of education, didn't have any kind of degree to fall okay. back on, yeah. didn't know where to start as far as getting a job. Now, I was lucky because I had been coaching for the racing school a bunch at that point, and so I was kind of able to make money doing that and i was able to and i I wouldn't say it was a great living but i was definitely able to sustain by doing that but i still wanted to to be involved in racing i wanted to pursue racing so i moved north carolina um continued coaching out here started spotting for some k&n stuff that's when i got hooked up with justin haley spotting and coaching for him but i i kind of realized 2014 2015 when i was out of the seat not driving searching for sponsorship on my own i was kind of like you know i i want I don't want this to be it. I don't want this to be my life if I'm not racing. You know, I don't want to be constantly just searching and, and hoping for this stuff because one day it, that's it's going to get old. And when that day comes, you know, I want to be able to go get a job. You know, I'm fine with the, the idea of going and getting an office job and and living that life when that time comes. But um, I want to have a degree and an education to put behind that. And that was a weird thing for me to say because throughout high school I was not a great student by any means. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I goofed off. I just wanted to hang out with my friends and my grades were pretty mediocre and I made it through and I graduated, but definitely wasn't something I want to take upon myself. So got myself back into school, have been paying for it all on my own, uh, and, and totally dedicated to getting through and, and getting that bachelor's degree and then probably moving on to a master's, wow. um, and trying to keep going with it because it's something that's become really, really important to me. And, you know, education is really important to my wife. She stresses that a lot and uh, is fully supportive of this. And it, it's something that makes me feel good. It's like, look, having my bachelor's degree is not going to hurt. It, I don't think that's ever going to be a downside. Yeah. And it's something that makes me feel good, whether it ends up doing something for me at some point in life or not. It makes me feel good and proud of myself that I'm actually doing that and taking the steps to do that. And so um, it's been, uh, you know, it's been tough to get back into school after I took six years off from high school. But now that I'm going back again, it's just 
back in the motions of it, and I'm pretty fortunate to be able to do all of it online um, and mix that in with my racing schedule. And you probably take it more seriously now that you're older and you yeah, appreciate like what you said, you're doing. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, me being the driving force behind going back to school, wanting to do it, and especially paying for it myself, um, makes all the difference in the world. Okay. Well, man, that's that's pretty incredible. You make me feel like I need to do a little bit more. <laughs> You're over yeah, here building I, a house, getting your degree, racing cars, and we're the same age. So, <laughs> I, I I like to stay busy and have a bunch of different stuff going on. I mean, I you know I'd be stressed out if I didn't have all that kind of stuff going on and. Um, I, I feel like I'm fortunate to be able to do all that stuff, you know, especially pay for my own schooling right now and to be fortunate to have, have an income to do that. And, um, definitely don't take any of that, st- that kind of stuff for granted. Right. Well, um, I'm going to wrap it up here, but thank you so much for this time. Uh, you've gained another, as if you needed another, you've gained another big fan, uh, for your ARCA career. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, I appreciate it. I definitely, yeah. I, I definitely appreciate it. I love love talking and just talking about whatever, you know, just kind of winging stuff out there and around there. So I really appreciate you having me on and um, talking about a little bit of everything. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously I know um, you'll change sponsorships throughout your career. I understand. But right now your Sinclair paint scheme is my favorite by far. Uh, I appreciate that. We get so much positive feedback on the scheme, whether it's people our age or young kids who love love seeing a car with a dinosaur or older folks who remember the Sinclair brand from when they were a kid and like seeing it back. So it's cool to to have a sponsor that that gets that kind of attention from all different facets. I got to know – I need need to know where you get your hat from. Obviously, I know you get it, but I got to get one of those Sinclair hats because I, I actually love that hat. You talk about the black one. Yes, the it's the coolest yeah. hat. Okay, so we uh, this has been. I'll, I'll let you wrap up here, but no, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's been. You know, that was my idea to make that hat to put the dinosaur really? on the front, the Toyota logo on the back. That was my idea. Wow. It's kind of my branded hat. So I had it made for me and the team guys when I very first um, first raced the, the Sinclair car back in 2016. And you know, we we've raced part time since then. This year we've come come on full time and the response i've got about that particular hat has frankly been overwhelming i mean i probably <laughs> get between social media and in person i probably get you know 10 to 20 people a week that are like hey where can i buy your hat where can i get one so we've been coming up with merchandise the last couple of weeks with sinclair um we've got some t-shirts hats a couple of different things that are getting ready to come out and that they're getting ready to put up for retail on their site. But the black hat wasn't one of them. And I was like, Whoa. man, like, I feel like this is a pretty big mix. Yeah, I was like, that's what I want. So much feedback about as a consumer. This. I'm telling you, that's the one I want right there. Yeah. I, I hear that. And so I've had to kind of go back and forth and argue with them about like, guys, why do we, why do we not like this hat? And basically what it came out is one of, um, one of the executives over here didn't really like that style of hat. And I was like, well, that's okay. You know, you don't have to like the style of hat. It's going to sell because race fans do like that. So (laughs) bear with me. Yeah. Bear with me. I think that hat along with the rest of our merchandise is going to be announced here in the next couple of weeks. Um, and we've got some really cool stuff. So the hat should be on there as long as some, as well as some t-shirts. I'm pretty psyched about, um, some other hats that that are cool. Yeah, we'll definitely, definitely stay, stay tuned on that. that I'm going to be, yeah, I followed your Twitter 
Um, let's see, just to make sure we give all the shout outs, uh, it's at Michael Self, correct? Yep. Blue check mark. So he's legit, everybody. Yeah, that's that's the actual me. Go follow that one. There you go. Um, I had someone on Instagram a couple weeks ago try and spam me. They they oh. literally took my exact page, like my profile picture, my footnotes, every picture I've ever posted on Instagram, they reposted on theirs, were pretending to be me. And then when people followed, they were sending them messages claiming to be my manager um, saying that they had just won a die cast of my Michigan race win car, um, as well as some other stuff. But the people had to buy like a $200 Amazon gift card or something or other and send them the pin number oh, from it and all this. No. And I was like, okay. So I started getting tons of messages about that because I'm not verified on Instagram. And so don't, yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> don't get pulled into those kind of people. That's not okay. me. I'm not are you going to send you a message for Amazon cards. Are you more of a Twitter or an Instagram guy? I'm definitely more of a Twitter, and my wife gives yeah, me a me hard too. time about it. Me too. Well, <laughs> Same so situation. Wife, she works for an ad agency. Okay. Um, she does a lot of digital online web creation stuff like that, and she's like, it's the year 2019. Everyone uses Instagram except for you. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, no, so i got to get yeah. on that a little my bit My wife's the same way. She's all – all Instagram. She's like, I literally don't check Twitter unless your podcast tweets something and I get the notification to know to like retweet it. And I'm yeah, like, so I'm the opposite. I, I am too, but apparently I'm behind the times. So yeah, well me too then. Um, well, this is going to sound weird, but I'm not trying to pressure you. All right. Okay. Has this interview gone pretty well? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so here's the deal. Every time I've interviewed Austin Dillon, Natalie Decker, uh, Bob Pockris was on here, every time at the end of the interview, I say, all right, I'll be tweeting it out. Make sure to be looking for it. They go, okay. Every time, no, never a retweet or even a like. No, so, I, Michael, I got you covered. Don't even worry about it. Me and you are friends now. <laughs> I'm, 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 we, we, we're going to tweet each other, all right? <laughs> I, I got you covered, absolutely. All right, yeah, once I get that retweet, then I'll get you on uh, Fixer Uppers. How about that? Deal. That sounds, like, <laughs> that sounds good to me. All right, awesome, Mike. Well, thanks so much for coming on, man. This has been great. And uh, like I said, you got another big fan now. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it. I'll try and put on a good show for you out there. Definitely appreciate the support. Definitely. Thanks a lot for coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you again next time. That sounds good, man. Have a good one. <laughs> Later. It was Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.